0: You know in our culture, and this is not a message to bash culture, culture's not going to get changed by being bashed. You understand that, right? You understand what I mean by that? You don't change a culture from the pulpit (laughs) just by bashing it or telling what's wrong with it. You change a culture by leaving the pulpit and leaving the church house and living out what's right. Right? on a day to day basis can I get an amen right there now that's truth you can stand on your soapbox all you want to and holler as loud as you want to and you might influence maybe one or two but that's not how you radically change a culture you gotta punch holes in the darkness it doesn't do any good to stand up and scream about how dark it is you gotta start lighting some candles right So tonight, I want us to light some candles. It is true that at least, I'm afraid even in the church sometimes, especially, certainly in our culture, there's an effort to denigrate or devalue the older generation, to dismiss the older generation. And I'll go so far as to say as to disrespect the older generation. And that's not right. That's wrong. That's biblically wrong. It's theologically wrong. That's wrong on so many levels. To dismiss and disrespect the previous generation or the older generation. Now you may not consider yourself part of the older generation. That's fine. You can consider, you, you can branch yourself and categorize yourself in any generation you want to, okay? That's fine. If you study Nazi Germany, one of the things that they, that eventually became prevalent under Hitler's regime is that systematically and slowly, they began to silence And to dismiss and to basically disenfranchise the older generation. And then ultimately, following that, there was an effort basically to silence the older generation. The older generation that didn't buy in to Nazism. The older generation that had concerns. And I think we see this a lot in America, in our culture. Where we just flat out dismiss anything that comes out of the mouth of an older generation. And I don't think that's healthy. I think it's wrong. It's interesting. And again, I'm not saying, when I throw out this age here, this age group, some of you are going to be like, are you calling me old? No, I'm not calling you old. But let's just, you know, you got to start somewhere. Okay, Just for the sake of the message tonight. 35% of the American population is age 53 and above. I, I, 53 is not old. Let, let me say that. 53 is not old. Can I get an amen right there? I am quickly approaching that. That's not old. When I'm 53, I'm not going to be old. I promise you that right now. But I will say, when I was 12 and 13, I'm 46 now. When I was 12 or 13, 46 seemed ancient, right? When you're 12 or 13, you're like, man, Jesus is going to come back before I get 46, you know. Well, he hadn't yet. I'm looking for him every moment. He might come before I finish, and that'd be great, okay? Well, 53 and up. of the U.S. population. Those 53 and older are from a previous generation. A generation that's older than me, a generation that's gone before me, so I'm 46. So anybody in my generation and down, we certainly say that anybody in that standpoint, that age group... Would fit a previous generation, a generation that's paved the way and they've gone before us. Certainly, when you get into a generation that's in their 60s or 70s, certainly 80s and 90s. As I said this morning, they've faced some things, they've been down the road, they've seen some things that some of us hadn't seen yet. They have experiences that we've not experienced. They've endured things that we've not had to endure yet. They do have a perspective. They do have an opinion. They do have wisdom. They do have something that God's given them that is worth listening to. It's certainly worth respecting. Maybe tonight, maybe maybe this is a message on my part and a desire on my part to counteract some of that disrespect. some of the angst that seems like exists between the young generation and the older generation. There's a distrust on part of the older generation toward the younger and there's a disrespect in the younger generation on the part of toward the older generation. Neither of these are healthy. Neither of these is productive. Neither of these, especially in the body of Christ, And in our local church, neither of these are productive or have God's stamp of approval on it. Distrust nor disrespect. That's not part of God's plan. So we talked this morning a message exclusively, basically, to the older generation this morning. But tonight, I want to talk to the rest of us. Because there are things that our adversary, our enemy, wants us to buy into that are not right. They want us to have a predisposition that's unbiblical. And so through the help of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the Bible tonight, I want to expose that mess. May God help us, honestly, before the Lord, may God help us as a church family to identify this and to reject it outright. What do we owe the previous generation? Please don't sit here tonight and just say, well, bless God, I don't owe them nothing. Well, friend I say this in love but if that's your posture you're crazy you're silly you're foolish if you can't look tonight and recognize that we owe the previous generation something incredible I want you to hear me and listen to me look at 1st Timothy 5 1 through 3 The Apostle Paul is writing to this pastor. We're not sure the age of Timothy he's referred to as a young preacher. (laughs) A young man. Probably in his 30s, maybe in his 40s. But more than likely, he was out of his 20s. So the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, is giving him instructions on how to treat the elderly. Every church needs to understand this. This is written to a pastor at a local church. And I love the pastoral epistles for a lot of reasons. One of those is is that it gives instruction on how to conduct and how to operate a local church. You want to... Pastoral manual, you don't get any better than the pastoral epistles. It's perfect instruction. There's, there's no greater growth, church growth book than the Bible. And he's writing a perfect manual to a local church pastor on how to govern, lead, and administrate the local church. And so specifically, as it deals with the elderly... How does a younger generation need to respond to an older generation? How do we need to treat one another? How do we treat an older generation? What do we owe them? And I'm thankful tonight that Christian Powell didn't have to make this up or come up with it. This is God. He gave this instruction. So I want us to listen in to what the Lord says. First of all, Based on what we're about to read, here's what we owe to the previous generation. We owe them, listen, if you're, I hope you're writing this down, at least in your heart or head, we owe them a respectful tone. A respectful tone. Respectful as opposed to disrespectful. Now gang, you understand in our culture, look at, look at all the institutions that are being disrespected. Disrespect abounds on every hand in our culture, does it not? Disrespect for law enforcement. Disrespect for educational leadership and authority. Disrespect certainly for parental authority. Disrespect for pastoral authority. Disrespect for political and governmental authority. So is it a surprise that there seems to be just a preponderance and just a flood and a tidal wave, a tsunami of disrespect when it comes to elderly. How sad, how unbelievable it was. And I don't know the whole story, but last week to learn that in a nursing home facility there in Florida, that individuals were left, left, left to for themselves and when the power went off and and, and no effort it seemed like was made to get them out of harm's way and to supply them with the needed oxygen and other medical supplies and things like that that they needed to keep their lives sustainable. How sad. But is that not just one of the many evidences we have tonight of a, a... a culture that has dismissed and just downplayed and disenfranchised and relegated the the senior adults and the elderly to a position of non-relevance. Can I tell you, by the way, that's one of the, that's one of the negative consequences of promoting uh, evolution and humanism, secular humanism, that it comes to a point that we even, as a culture, have, have subscribed to the survival of the fittest, and only the strong survive. And if we have to make a choice, we're going to get rid of the weak. Now we're living the fruit and the consequences, and we're reaping a harvest of evolutionary teaching that has gone on for decades now. And we wonder, we're shocked by that. Well, here's what God says on how we ought to treat and respect the elderly 1 Timothy 5, verse 1 rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the older, the elder women entreat them as mothers. And the younger as sisters with all purity. Verse 3. Honor widows that are widows indeed. So God says that the first thing we owe a previous generation is a respectful tone. He says, don't rebuke an elder. The word elder here in this context does not refer to ministers. Now, in other places, in the pastoral epistles, it does refer to that. But scholars overwhelmingly agree that the elders referred to here in this passage is not preachers. It's the elderly. It's the senior adults in the congregation. And when he's referring to rebuke, it's a word that's an interesting word, and it literally means to smite or to strike with words or to treat harshly. Adam Clark said that, And I quote, if such a one does wrong or gets out of the way scripturally or spiritually, that this elderly person should be entreated as a father with great caution and respect. And God is telling Timothy, listen, if the day arises when you have to deal with an elderly person as it relates to their sins, even be cautious in how you deal with them that you don't come across Like you're dealing with them from a platform of disrespect. Don't disesteem them even if you have to deal with their sin. Don't strike at them verbally. Don't be harsh with them even if you have to deal with difficult issues. You make sure that you remember that they're elderly, that they're older than you, and you deal with them, he says, you treat them as fathers and mothers. You be very tender. Very gentle with them. Don't be harsh. Don't be arrogant. Don't, don't, don't think that, well, they're just so... I'm, no, 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 no. He says, you make sure you go, for, go over and above what is even reasonable, and you make sure that you show nothing but honor and respect to the elderly, even if you have to deal with them about sin. William Burkett said that treating the elderly means uh, treat them with just deference and due respect. I remind you tonight what Leviticus 19.32 says. Write that verse down. Leviticus 19.32. It says, and God is speaking there to the children of Israel. And he says, thou shalt rise up, listen, before the hoary head. H-O-A-R-Y. The hoary head. Do you know what the hoary head means? The hoary head, gray-headed. God says that, that you ought to, that, that I want you to rise up before the aged and the elderly. In other words, when they walk by in the group, in the company, through the camp, I want you to show them proper respect. And this is what he told them. He said, I want you to rise up in their midst. Stand at attention. Why? Because that shows respect. It shows honor. It's like when a lady enters a room and all the men are there seated. It's, it, it's proper. It's only proper to stand up. That's what God is saying. I want you to show respect to the elderly, those with the gray head. I want you to uh, don't, don't ignore them. Don't act like they're not there. But you show them respect. Friend, listen to me. If God was so careful as to instruct the children of Israel that when an elderly person would walk through the camp, and he told them to stand up in their presence. Do you not think that tonight in 2017 that he wants you and I to show respect to the elderly? Yes. And you can demonstrate that various ways. I love what he says in Proverbs 16:31 about this hoary head. Listen, he said, The hoary head, the gray head, is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. I look out tonight at a group of people and I see a lot of crowns of glory because your life is found in the way of righteousness. And I tip my hat to you, sir. I honor you, ma'am, for your godliness God says to a local church and to a preacher who's supposed to lead that local church, don't disrespect the elderly. Teach your kids not to disrespect the elderly. Teach your students in Sunday school not to disrespect the elderly. Teach your kids in the Christian school not to disrespect the elderly. Teach them at home not to disrespect the elderly. I'm afraid that our generation and then the generation under mine, which is the millennial generation, and then the generation under that, which is called Generation Z. I don't know what they're going to call it after Generation Z. (laughs) ZZ, I don't know. That's not ZZ top, by the way. But I don't know, you know, I don't know what they're going to call it. Maybe they're thinking there's not going to be any more generation. i tell you what, we might be on the brink of destruction if we don't get things under control. Amen. I'm afraid we're too quick, too prone to dismiss and disrespect the elderly. So he says, I want you to show a respectful tone. Now, for those of you still with me, <laughs> number two, he says, I want you to show them a listening ear. A listening ear. Verse 1, he uses an interesting word. He says, I want you to entreat them. You see that there in verse 1? Entreat them. Now, friend, I'm just preaching the Bible. I don't have anything else I can preach other than the Bible. By the way, I don't want to preach anything else other than the Bible. A preacher can't call himself a preacher if he preaches anything else other than the Bible. So I'm just preaching the Bible to you now. You may not like it. You may not like my style. That's okay. You don't have to. But I'm just going to give you what the Word says. And if that's not enough, then you'll have to find somebody else. Because I'm going to give you what the Word says. I'm sick and tired of fluff. Skyscraper preaching. One story after another. Okay? I'm going to give you what the Bible says. So the Bible says we ought to show... The elderly, a respectful tone. Then it says we ought to give them a listening ear. The word entreat there in verse 1 is very interesting. It literally is the same word as paraclete. It's the word paraclete in the original language. And it means to come alongside of. To come alongside of. I want you to come alongside of, Timothy. I want you to come, lead your people to come alongside of the elderly men. The elderly women. Well, friend, it's virtually impossible to come alongside of somebody and not give them your ear. And not listen to them. Listen, church. The senior adult generation has something to say worth listening to. We may not understand it. We may not like it. We might not agree with it. It might not be our perspective. But they're worth hearing and listening to. God said, give them a listening ear. We dare not silence them, shun them, or shut them off. And if we do, we do it to our own shame and demise, by the way. That's why I encourage people and that's why I want my sons and my wife and I want our sons to learn how to adapt and how to go sit with an elderly person and talk with an elderly person and carry on a conversation with an elderly person. That's a good thing for parents to do, by the way. It's a good thing for you to carry your kids to a nursing home or to a hospital or to a great grandparent or to a neighbor's house that's all alone, all by themselves. You go march down there and you knock on their door, carry them some cookies because they always like to eat sweets, whether they should or not. And say, hey, we just wanted to bring these by and just want to talk to you for a few minutes. I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable, Mom. I don't care. Daddy, I don't like doing that. That's a waste of time. No, it's never a waste of time. Give them a listening ear i tell you what, I'm about to get a little sentimental. Just just bear with me. My mama used to call me, and especially as she got older, got a little bit of a touch of dementia, and she did before she died, she'd ask me the same John Brown questions all the time. And I'd tell my wife, honey, my mama asked me the same questions all the time. Can I tell you how many times in the last one year? I wish she'd call me again. Right? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I wish she was here to call me and ask me the same cotton-picking questions over and over again. Our grandparents and our parents aren't going to be around forever. Forever. your kids get exposed to them. Make them spend time with them. Did you hear me, parents? Well, they don't want to. So what? My sons don't want to brush their teeth sometimes, you know? But you make them do that. They don't want to get out of bed and go to school every morning. But you make them do that. Come on, y'all. Have we, hey, parents, my generation and younger, have we lost our minds about some stuff? Well, that's outdated. So what? It ain't outdated. It's right. I don't care what culture says. I'm sick of what culture says. Doing what culture says has gotten us in a heap of trouble to begin with. Give them a respectful tone. Give them a listening ear. Give them an understanding spirit. The word entreat, when you analyze it further, it doesn't just mean give them a listening ear. It means to come alongside of But it's interesting, the word paraclete. Does does that ring a bell with anybody? Paraclete? It's the same word used to describe the Holy Spirit's role and work in our hearts and lives. He comes alongside us with tenderness, companionship, understanding, compassion. Doesn't it say about the Holy Spirit that He enters into our suffering? I believe we ought to try to understand the previous generation. Have an understanding spirit for them. You see, here's what I'm convinced of. You know why some of them hold to some of the positions they hold to? Because they fought some battles that we didn't have to fight. Now, I'm not saying we have to fight their battles or the same battles that they fought 30, 40, 50 years ago. But before we dismiss that and think it's nothing, we better stop and get to know them and understand their heart and why they feel a certain way about certain things that they feel strongly about. You understand what I'm trying to say? You know what I learned? Sometimes this gets branded on the older generation. I'll tell you what, man... My grandma or great-grandma or great-aunt or great-uncle or grandpa, he's a hoarder. He don't throw nothing away. He wants to keep everything. And it's easy for me at 46 to say, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. wonder why. Well, can I tell you that that generation came through the Great Depression and they didn't have two plug nickels to rub together? And you know what they learned? They learned to hang on to what they had Right? When you start understanding that, it changes your perspective a little bit and you lose some of the critical spirit. And you understand, you know what? There might be a reason why they're doing what they're doing. That's all they've ever known. And even though they may not have to be that way right now, there might be a reason why they live their life that way. I used to wonder. Man, I hear some of the, of the older generation talk about why they're not, they're not going to buy any automobile that wasn't made in America. That don't make sense to me. It's because I'm 46 years old. It's because I didn't fight my way through Germany. I didn't fight my way through the islands in the South Pacific. I didn't fight in Vietnam. I didn't fight in Korea. That generation did. And so I better be careful when I start thinking, well, that's dumb. No, no, no. There's a reason why they feel that way. And if you just sit down and listen to them, sometimes it will help your perspective and understand some things about them. You all understand what I'm trying to say? Here in our local church, when you understand that there was a battle that Brother Davenport went through, and sometimes when you're my age, and my generation, you have a tendency, I'm just going to confess it, to think, man, I wonder why Preacher Davenport came down so strong on such and such. It's because for that day and that generation, there was a need for him to come down strong on some things. I'm just saying for our, for my generation and younger, we need to be careful that we're not so dismissive, but we try to understand where they're coming from. That's right to do. God told us to. You may think I'm crazy. I may be. You know what I remember? And, and please don't think I'm carnal. You know, if Brother Dan used a Dobie Gillis illustration, I reckon I can use Happy Days, okay? The Fonz. Now, you got to be my age to under- remember the Fonz, right? Fonzie? There was an episode back in the early 80s of Happy Days when Fonzie approached his grandmother, Grandma Nussbaum. He said, she's senile. We need to move her to a nursing home. But they couldn't convince her that she needed to go. might remember that? Oh, well, you probably don't. I'm sure you don't. So they went to Grandma Nussbaum and tried to get her to move to a nursing home. And it blew up, and they all got mad at one another. And Grandma Noosebaum finally came back to them, and she said, Fonzie, I want you to do one thing for me. Yes, ma'am, I'll do anything you want. She handed him a, a handful of rocks. And she said, put these down in your boots. He said, I'll do anything, Grandma bomb." So he put those rocks down in his boots. And then she said, here, take this cotton and put it in your ears. Okay, yes, ma'am, I'll put the cotton in my ears. Then she took off her glasses and she said, here, put these on. So he puts them on, he has cotton sticking out of his ears, he's got rocks in his boots and then she grabs him by the arm and starts leading him around and here's how he was walking he couldn't walk good, he couldn't hear what she was saying and he couldn't see squat so after she led him around the room she said How's it going? And he said, my feet hurt. I can't hear one thing you're saying, and I can't see where I'm going. You see her point? And she said, Welcome to my world. Sometimes it's good walk around a room in somebody else's boots and sometimes just sitting down and listening to them will help that a whole lot I close with this we we owe them a respectful tone a listening ear an understanding heart but then we owe them finally a helping hand Notice what he says in verse 3. Look back at your text. He says, honor widows that are widows indeed. The word honor there is in the present active. It's a present active imperative, which means it's a command. And it's a continuous action. That means that I'm to keep on, keep on honoring. But the word honor there doesn't just mean... To verbally boost, it really means to support and sustain. And in its context, he's speaking directly about the widows, about being a financial blessing and taking care of the widows. Those who are legitimately widows. And remember, four times in the book of Deuteronomy... God in the Old Testament was explicit to his people. And he said, now look, I want you to take care of the widows. Take care of the elderly who are having trouble taking care of themselves. Legitimately. And then he gave some parameters down in verse 4, verse 5, verse 6 about distinguishing, all right, who fits in that category. He even gives an age And he says, if there's this age or this condition, then you're not obligated. But if this is true about their life, then you need to step forward and help them. Give them a helping hand. I believe that could definitely apply to you and I. And you know what I've learned? You don't just have to help somebody financially to give them a helping hand. So let me give you three things as we take this away. What's the takeaway? What's the big so what? What's the big application, preacher? What does this mean for me? How can I live this out? Number one, now listen now. Can we agree tonight? Let's stop drawing generational lines in the church. Let's stop drawing generational lines. Let's stop saying as a church, well, that's for the old people or that's for the young people. How about we're one church? One body. And the young people and the younger generation ought to rejoice when the older generation gets blessed and helped. And the older generation ought to rejoice and ought to thank God when the younger generation gets helped and blessed. Why? Because we're one body, not three. One. We're one local church, not four or five. One, one. Number two. Can we agree that we're going to stop being dismissive of one another's point of view? Well, their opinion doesn't matter. Well, why not? Because they're from this age group. Well, their opinion doesn't matter because they've not done... No, 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 no. Let's stop being dismissive of one another's point of view. And number three, can we agree that we're going to look for ways to tangibly help an elderly person without expecting any payment in return. Offer to take care of the yard work. Offer to take them where they need to go. Go visit them and just listen and let them talk. Buy them a gift. Send them a card for their birthday, anniversary or Christmas. Take them out to eat or have them over for a meal. Call them, check on them. Say, I just called to see how you were. Tell you I've been thinking about you, praying for you today. Just want to know my family and I love you. Offer to run errands for them. You You need anything from Walmart? You need any groceries? You need any errands run? Hey, here's one. How about just give them a hug? Some of them, it's been years since they've seen grandkids. You'll never know what just a nice, simple hug will do for them. Pray for them and with them. Let your kids get to know them. Take your children to the hospital, the nursing homes, and show them, teach them how to make a visit of encouragement. Show them. That's our responsibility as parents. May God help us. Because that's what we owe to the previous generation. A respectful tone. A listening ear. An understanding heart. And a helping hand. Will you join me in prayer?